Hey, this is Therese. And this is Gretchen. And, and this, this is, is at the root of it. Hey guys, in this episode, we are going to be talking about LGBTQ plus student rights with Izzy, and we will be discussing everything you need to know about student advocacy in these topics and some other things, but I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Izzy. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what school you go to, uh, what student organizations you're part of, any information you want to share with us today? Sure. So my name is Izzy Majarowitz. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a senior at Northwood High School, um, which is in Silver Spring. And um, I've been involved in a number of student advocacy organizations for the past few years. Um, the primary one and the one we'll probably be um, talking the most about today is Merco Pride Youth, um, which is a countywide student organization for LGBTQ plus students um, in middle and high school. But I've also been a part of um, some student equity organizations such as uh, Students Towards Equitable Public Schools and Milk Over Change. And I've participated in different school clubs, uh, including the Gender and Sexuality Alliance at my school and our book club. That's really great. Okay, so I think our first question for you is going to be at least something that I'm really interested in is what like motivates you and what got you to join all of these organizations and um, like the long-term goal you see when you think of the work you're doing at these organizations? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's, there's a lot to, um, to those questions. Um, I think what primarily like motivates me to do this work is um, really like caring about other people and wanting people to have, you know, the same opportunities as me and be able to access like the care and the resources, the things they need. Um, and so um, I would say like I got started with a lot of this work when I was in middle school, um, towards the end of middle school, um, because at that time was when um, the Parkland shooting happened and that kind of awakened a lot of my activism um, to see that like there was this horrible thing that happened, but there were student activists that, you know, rose up after that and um, we're trying to, you know, make changes. And so I started to see that, um, you know, we do have a voice and we can use it. And then um, for like specifically LGBTQ activism, um, my eighth grade year was when um, uh, like a Rainbow Alliance, a GSA was started at my middle school. And I joined because um, I already had friends who were part of the community and I was kind of exploring my own identity um, beginning at that time. And I just knew that, you know, not everything is good um, in terms of like the treatment of our community um, and even our rights as students in school. So um, I decided to get like sort of involved in that um, to make sure my friends, my classmates, even myself would, you know, feel safe and um, comfortable in school. And I guess um, in terms of long, long-term goals, um, obviously there's like the big stuff, like broader system change but yeah. that can be that can be pretty hard to like imagine at times um, and really reach for so I think I've been kind of trying to do smaller scale stuff in terms of uh, my outreach which is like uh, really focusing on connecting um, students from uh, my part of the county like the down county consortium to different resources um, and just trying to make sure that you know students are aware of the resources that are out there and can have the tools to advocate um, for more of those resources. 
So that's what I kind of like focus on specifically in, in most of my advocacy work. Yeah, and I love that. And I want to touch on a point that you said, like how sometimes um, reaching the goals can be like, sometimes it's hard to imagine it. And I think that when we're advocating for stuff, like when it does get hard, um, we all deal with it in different ways. We all cope with, because either we're like really successful and we're able to achieve it or it's kind of taking time and we all cope in different ways getting to that goal, especially when at times of failure. So what are some ways that you, I guess, as an advocate, take care of your mental well-being when exploring these? Because I know that sometimes while like um, fighting for things like LGBTQ um, rights and like just equitability is like so like amazing and there's so many things like to learn, at times it can be really hard. And I think personally, I think that dealing with your mental health in these topics is so important. So ways that you just take care of yourself and yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. And it's something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, because I know there are things I need to improve, like in terms of my mental health and taking care of um, myself. I think for a long time, um, I really enjoy reading and like engaging with media. So if I need to take a step back and have some like um, time for myself, some relaxing time, I'll often read a book, listen to music, um, watch a TV show. Um, but I guess like more specifically and with the work, um, sometimes I've had to like take a step back on things and realize that um, there are other people I can kind of like share the work with. Um, I've had an issue at times with, um, you know, taking on a lot and um, being like wanting to be kind of the person um, doing all of this work. Um, but there are other people, you know, involved in this for a reason, like they wanna be a part right. of it too. And I should like share the load with them as well. Um, so it's it's like I'm still I'm still working on it. Um, definitely in terms of all of the mental health stuff, but um, I think yeah, realizing that like it can be a collective effort um, is what's been most helpful to me. Yeah, I relate to that a lot about sharing the load. Um, I I know you talked a little bit earlier about. Uh, when you started out getting involved in your school GSA. Um, I was very active uh, with my GSA in middle school too. Um, did you say that it started, uh, your school started when you were in eighth grade? Yeah, that's right. Um, we didn't have one previously, but there was a teacher um, who was interested in sponsoring. So um, I was one of the like first few people to join. Yeah, so uh, something maybe a little more smaller scale like that, would you say that that also helped uh, shape and affect your advocacy experience starting out from there? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think joining that, um, which was like a pretty small group, but such like a fun group, it was really nice to, to you know, hang out with other um, LGBTQ plus like kids in my middle school. And then I decided to carry that over, yeah, into high school. Um, I've been a part of the GSA at my high school for all four years. And um, uh, technically I am like, the leader of it. Um, I, I mean, my Melko Pride stuff is pretty big, but um, I kind of became like a de facto leader of my school's GSA um, beginning in 10th grade, partly because no one else was like there to step up. Um, but I really enjoyed doing that. And um, coming back to in-person school, we've definitely gotten a lot more students 
um, to join. It was, it was hard at times, like virtually last year, um, which is expected. But um, I think getting involved in GSA in middle school definitely like pushed me to continue being involved in high school and like um, work on changes like at my local school level, not just the countywide. Yeah. And I think I love spaces like GSA, especially because it allows people to be in your own like safe, close-knit community, especially during the pandemic when all of us were figuring out like where we fit in society and like we're just alone with our thoughts and we're like, I don't know, like trying to like explain your feelings and being able to go to a place like GSA. So like I really um I can't find a word for it, but like I am in an awe of you and your position and like taking like the lead in these clubs. And I also wanted to touch on the fact that you talked about books. I don't know about you, but I just watched the first season of Heartstopper and you're probably like, Oh my God, I just did too. Ah. (laughs) Guys. I haven't watched it yet. You should, you should. Listeners. I'm waiting for my friends to watch it with me. Maybe I should just go ahead and do it tonight. (laughs) Um, Spoiler alert ahead. Heartstopper is so good. I haven't read like the books yet, but I will now because it's all about Okay, I think this is my summary of it is like about two boys and at first they're like friends and it's like like it's like British so they meet in like form, which I think is kind of like our homeroom. Yeah. And then they just like they basically just like fall in love with each other and it's just the best ever. And I think it's a good representation of like sometimes you can have labels and sometimes you don't need to. And also there's like other different like mini stories in it that explore different parts of like the community. And I just think it's so good. I actually, yeah. I read the web series for it, the, or part of it. I, I didn't finish it. Um, but yeah, it's a good uh, example of representation, feeling comfortable seeing yourself. Um, I actually, I went to, uh, I think the last MoCo Pride event, and I, I saw you there, Izzy, and I have to say, there is something just so, like, unstressful about just being in a room or a space just full of, like, other um, like LGBTQ plus kids and just being yourself and there's there's no pressure because um, you know everyone's different but we all have this one thing in common. Yeah definitely um, I find it so funny that you all brought up Heartstopper because I literally binged that um, Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, I was extremely I excited and yeah I have read like I've read all of the web comics so I was very excited and happy for this adaptation. Um, but yeah, thank you for, <laughs> for the compliments about MoCo Pride and yeah, my leadership as well. Um, I feel like uh, MoCo Pride Youth has been that for me too. You know, um, like every, every meeting, like I, I am a bit nervous at times to present and talk um, in front of the whole, the whole group, like all of our members, but um, everyone, like it's always such a fun meeting, um, not just like what's said out loud, but also in the chat. The chat is often, um, like uh, pretty involved, like they're, they're often messaging lots of little things. Um, so I'm, I'm glad like that MoCo Pride meetings um, are like that for other people too, that everybody, you know, enjoys them. Oh, and on the Heartstopper note, uh, I think that <laughs> uh, giving us a, a lesbian movie, a lesbian rom-com too. I was watching it and I was like, where is the lesbian couple? Then I realized, then the light bulb flashed and I was like, oh, I there. <laughs> there. yeah and it's I, not I even like i'm excited about that one and it's not even like a little like like tidbit it's like actually like another plot and yeah. i think 
okay so like this is kind of also sorry to our listeners but this is also kind of like um you wanted to also focus on mental health of course i think the stress that this has to do with heart stopper too but the stress that comes on the idea that society like kind of pushes labels on us media that represents like different types of people especially like those who like are able to find healthy ways to deal with the example being like the pressure of like finding a label is so like soothing because you're like okay like I am not alone and I think that's like such an important part of representation especially in marginalized communities to be able to be like because I feel like growing up at least I don't know I don't know I feel like we're very lucky to have grown up with like a lot of shows but sometimes you feel very alone and I think that can also add to like for example, things like depression or anxiety, because you're just like, I don't see myself in any of these people. And to be able for us to grow up where we see so many shows like this is like truly amazing. Cause I'm like, wow, like I'm not alone. And these characters are just like me in like my own fantasy world, but it's like going to affect the way children all over see themselves. But I guess this is kind of a connector. You guys can comment on that, but this is also kind of connecting to, um, like we see a lot of media representation, but at the same time, there's a lot of legislation that is being passed in a lot of states, which kind of restricts like specifically like kids and their expression, um, regardless of what that is specifically. But like, I just wanted to know your thoughts on that and also how we as student advocates can kind of um, combat that kind of legislation, even though we are students. That's a really good question because I feel like that's been on a lot of our minds like recently. Um, like if you're hearing the news and stuff, um, I think a lot of people he- have heard about the, you know, the don't say gay bill in Florida and um, the really bad like restrictions of the rights of trans kids in Texas. Um, and that's definitely been really hard to hear. And I've talked with, you know, other people in the community that have found it um, really difficult, you know, to hear about it. And um, I also like sometimes am grateful to, you know, be living in Maryland then because um, for the most part, a lot of like policies in our state are pretty progressive. Um, and so we haven't had sort of this, um, this like level of attacks um, on like the rights of LGBTQ plus students in school and in their homes, like in our state. Um, but I think in terms of kind of dealing with that and, um, like taking action, um, it is kind of hard because uh, when it's like policies that are in another state, um, like those aren't, you know, maybe your direct um, legislators or policymakers, but I still think um, if you have the chance, like people should take action in the form of, you know, petitions, writing their own elected officials. Um, I know it doesn't always have the impact that you want, but um, it could still show that there are people out there who, you know, care about the rights of LGBTQ plus students um, and don't want, you know, more attacks on like on our rights and our uh, bodies at times. And um, I think social media can definitely be a powerful tool for that. Um, just even raising awareness through social media um, can be one thing. And that's why I like to follow um, some, sometimes they're older activists, but, um, and young adult activists who, you know, are bringing attention um, to, to what's happening like in the country and around the world um, in, terms, in terms of LGBTQ plus rights. So um, I, I guess like the biggest thing is 
staying informed, but um, also, um, you know, taking that time for yourself if this is like really difficult to process. Um, because for a lot of people, like, especially if you're a trans person, having to hear about all of these attacks, like it's important to take that time for yourself and um, like have some, some self-care because that's difficult to hear about. Yeah. That's the thing that's like so tough about being a student advocate is that it feels sort of restrictive, um, you know, not being able to do everything you want to do, um, you know, all over the country. And I guess it kind of comes back to that conversation about mental health with stress. Yeah, definitely. Um, there, there are definitely times when, yeah, I wish I could have a bigger impact, like in another state. Um, but that's why I've kind of chosen to focus a lot more on like the local things, um, you know, in MoCo and then sometimes like in Maryland at large, because um, like I know that uh, my voice might have a bigger impact in this area since this is where yeah. I live. Definitely. And as like, I guess, many out, not many allies, that's what I mean. Like we as students are like very like, we don't have a lot of impact sometimes. We can create great chains, but what can we do as like um, allies and supporters of this community to like do more? I know you already touched on that. Like what can we do to do more as supporters, allies and people that are a part of this community, at least in our like MCPS realm? student activism um I think like I'm I'm a really big uh like proponent of really like educating yourself um and like searching out resources um I think um I think it's really important for um not just students not just allies um but especially staff in our schools at times to like kind of unlearn some of the things they uh they might like think or know um, about the community or about like the ways that gender um, and sexuality work. Um, that's why like some students in my GSA and I, we created this um, like staff training module um, this past year for my school. Um, and it was like for 10, it was like a 10 or 15 minute module. Um, and it was just um, teaching staff about some different terms that they should know. And then it was like kind of classroom practices like, um, that you should have a way that you can ask um, students for their pronouns um, and make sure you're doing you know, everything in your power to respect um, their pronouns and um, trying to you know, diversify like the curriculum um, because um, teachers and staff in MCPS, like they can have an impact on that. Um, but students, I think also like we need to educate ourselves at times, like there's always gonna be more we can learn um, and unlearn. And so I know it can be hard to find like those resources or that starting point. Um, but I've found that there like are actually a lot of different resources online from places like Glisten or other organizations or even just social media, like um, even TikTok. Um, yeah. Lots of people have actually learned things, I feel like, especially during the pandemic, have learned things about themselves, about like um, how we shouldn't like see gender as, you know, this limited thing. Um, and so I guess I would just say like the education piece um, is what I often see as most important. And then from there, you know, you can use that to like inform your action. Um, yeah. yeah. I also think that is so important. 
Gretchen is telling me that it's almost over. Can't believe it. But, but I was going to say that, um, sorry, I'm like losing my train of thought really fast. I was going to ask you, I know that education is so important and I know that you probably know so much more now than you did probably four years ago. So what's one thing that you would probably tell your younger self as like um, before she started advocacy and like about herself journey wise, if that makes sense? Mm-hmm. I'll try and keep it like pretty short because I know um, we're almost done. But um, yeah, I guess advocacy wise, um, I would like tell my younger self that, um, you know, it's it's not always going to be easy. Um, there's going to be some really like frustrating aspects of it. Um, you will like, you know, run into roadblocks at times um, with people who don't don't want change um, and also your own like limitations. Um, but to be like more kind to yourself, um, to be kind to yourself about it, um, because there will always be things that, you know, are outside of your control. Um, and I guess like personally and um, maybe on the like <laughs> mental health um, aspect of it, um, also again, being like kind, uh, kind to yourself and um, like acknowledging when you need to, you know, take breaks. And like I said earlier, you know, share the load um but I yeah overall it's just you know to keep pressing forward but um make sure you're taking care of yourself at the same time and I feel like that's something that um as act as advocates and like activists we need to like learn to do better at (laughs) yeah I think that message is so so important so thank you so much for talking to us and being our like first person to (laughs) test this out this is basically the end of this episode. Um, where can they find you? What do you like shout out the things that you want them to know to pay attention to any like good movies or books that you think that would help them on this topic? We would be here for a long time if I said all of them. <laughs> um, I mean, shout out to Heartstopper. Um, so true. Everybody so should true. watch that. I definitely recommend it. Um, I guess for, yeah, my contact and um, social media and everything, um, well, following Moco Pride Youth, um, you can follow them on social media at Moco Pride. Um, we also have a website, it's just mocopride.net, and um, even a Gmail, which is mcounty.pride at gmail.com, and that's the Gmail that I run um, until I graduate. And um, yeah, personally, um, I do have I do have an Instagram, um, and <laughs> I guess I will shout that out. Um, uh, my Instagram is at underscore Izzers I Z Z E R Z, um, and I'm not on there too much, but um, that is where you could find you know what I might be doing next as I go to college and continue with my life. Um, but oh, yeah, thank sorry. you all so much. <laughs> so guys, please follow her. We hope that this short but very fruitful conversation helped you guys learn more and please go follow moco pride 